Hey, uh, so the topic of my message this morning is God with us. Uh, God with us. And um, I just, uh, or Deb and I have been talking a lot about this recently, that, um, that we just can't do life without Jesus. You know, in the everyday moments, whether they're the huge thing, decisions that you're making, life to say, uh, life-defining decisions or just the little stuff, we want to have God in our lives in every moment of every day, and He is with us. And I just want to bring a, a few stories this morning, and 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 the, and the Word of God, um, just wrapped around this thought that God is with us. Has anyone ever um, opened a can of paint before that's been on the shelf for longer, say than than three months? And you open the can of paint, and when you uh, what you find is that the the paint has separated. To a level, hasn't it? So you've got this kind of watery substance on the top, and you've got the all the 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 good stuff of the paint um, on the bottom. And it and if you were going to try and actually apply that to the wall as is, it just wouldn't work, would it? It would just like it, you'd put it on the wall, it would run off the wall, it'd be like gloopy at the bottom. It would just be an absolute mess. The secret, there's a secret, just in case you're wondering and that's ever happened to you and you're like, that's not fair, my paint sucks. Well, what you can do is you can get the stirrer and you can stir it in. And if you're lazy, you can attach one to like a cordless drill and just go, and and you stir the paint in. And in that stirring um, happenings, what happens is that all the elements (laughs) spitting of the paint come together. They come together and they blend together and the ingredients come together and because of the stirring and the mixing together, the application of the paint works. You just can't use paint unless it's stirred up. You can't use it unless the ingredients are infused together and and so that there's this harmony between uh, the chemicals. There's got to be, there's got to be a synergy there between the chemicals. And do you know, in life, God wants us to stir together with Him. We need Him mixed in right throughout our lives. He wants to just kind of like be blended in to the fabric of our lives, into, the, into what we're doing, because He has got truth and, and a vision that He wants to apply to our future. And if we're going to do this alone, we're going to be like watery paint that just has no real application to our future, but God's calling us to stir together. In Hebrews 4, it says that faith and works need to be mixed in together so that there can be fruit. So we, we just have to have faith with works. We can't do life as Christians without faith, and then we can't do it without showing what the faith is doing in our lives. There's a mixing together and a blending together. And it says in Ephesians 1 that we are predestined to be His kids. And so we get this whole thing of His will and our lives being infused together so that we can do something great. And not just because of that, because He's got a heart beyond our lives to reach others. Yes, this is good. This is good. Do you know that you are on first name basis with God? You are on, he knows your name, Larissa. He knows your name. You're on a first name basis. When you, when you allow him to stir into your life, you're saying, God, you're with me. God, you're for me. God, I, you know me. He knows your name. He's got your number. He's your friend on Facebook. He is, he is there. He is with you in the rhythm, rhythms of your life. 
And He is saying, I want to do life with you. I want to do life with you. I just want to, if you've got your Bibles here today, I've got it up on the PowerPoint. We've got Matthew 1, verse 22 and um, beyond. Let me just read this to you. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then it says in verse 22, All this took place to fulfill uh, what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that is the key verse today, that God is with us. And there's actually the next slide, which has the rest of that verse. God is with us. God didn't stay absent from humanity. He got down with us. He came to earth. He was Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And that's what where we're going today. And this is a this um, is a prophetic word from Isaiah seven that you know Jesus's birth his his birth was pro- prophesied like hundreds of years earlier. And because God had it in His mind that we needed God with us, He's not just for us. God isn't just for us. He's not just like yeah go. I'm on the, I'm on the sideline here, and I'm like yes, Sean, you, yep. I am for you. Uh, I'm, I'm watching you, and you're doing really well. Good job. Good job, James. High five, and I'm just going to go sit down over here again. He's not standing on the sideline. He hasn't just, God isn't someone who's just ticked a box over your life and said, okay, yep, you're accepted, you've passed, sure, you said the sinner's prayer, and you're in. Good job. Well done. Go stand over there now. Uh, You're on the winning side. No, he's more than that. He is with us in our lives. He is totally connected to what is going on in your moment now. Just even think about this week. What's happening this week in your life? He's with you on Monday. He's with you on Tuesday. He's with you in the car. He's with you. He is with you in your sleep, you know. He is with you as you dream at night. He never, ever, ever leaves you. This week, um, I had uh, we had staff meeting at printing.com on Tuesday mornings, as, as per usual. And um, we had at, at, uh, some clients come in to get something um, printed, which is good because we're a print business and that's what we do. And so we sort of stopped the, the, the uh, staff meeting and the, and the guys chucked a USB stick in, I think it was. And then um, the computer that we usually use for this, it just went ah! and froze, not going anywhere. And um, Shannon, who's uh, a graphic designer, and he's actually the kids pastor at Arise in town. And he he um, said, "In any time we have a computer issue, right? He's like, we need to get an iMac. 
we need to get an iMac. He came, he came to work with me about four years ago, and I think within the first hour of being there, he was like, have you ever thought about getting iMacs? <laughs> and I was like, and so for the last four years, I've been saying, no, Shannon, no, Shannon, no, Shannon. We're not getting an iMac, Shannon, no. No, 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 no. And every time we've had a computer issue, I you know, might have to go to the shop and get repaired. And, and it comes to a certain point, though, when you're like, am I flogging a dead horse here? And so on Tuesday, I had one of those kind of moments, and, um, and Connor was there as well, eh? and, and they're both like saying, you should get an iMac. <laughs> and, and I felt the like, oh, actually, there could be something on this today. And yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and because the, we've got a couple of computers, and they're our total workhorses, they do all the business. And, and it's one's about eight years old, one's about six years old. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I need to make a wise decision here. I don't want to just make a, you know, a, a reactive decision. I want to make a decision that is kind of like good stewardship. Yep. I'm all about like stewarding my resources well, and and uh, and so I'm like, okay, what do I do here, God? I know I'll go and investigate. So I ended up um, in Noel Leemings actually um, in Rangiara, and then they said we don't do Apple. You've got to go to Noel Leemings in town. So I went into I went into town into Northwood, and I'm um, and I find all about about IMAX, and I see how much they cost, and they're quite expensive. And um, and so I was, oh, what do I do? Okay, they looked awesome though. I was like, oh my gosh, I see what you're going on about, boys. And um, so I thought I got I, I found out about finance, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to just take a moment to pray about this. So I went over uh, to Esquire's Cafe over there, grabbed a, grabbed a coffee and a and a muffin, and no, it's gone. Date's gone. Key to my heart, right there. Just yeah. Uh, and so date's gone, and um, sat down, just like praying, and, and I thought oh, I'll ring Ben Collins because he's my accountant. I'm like, what do you reckon, Ben? What's the tax benefits? He's like, yeah, blah blah blah, good good. And I'm like, God, what shall I do? And then I just kind of get Sean Belamy, Sean Belamy, and I'm like, Sean Belamy, Sean. This is Sean. If you don't know, gives away Sean. He's awesome. Um, and I'm like, ah, oh, what do I do? ring Sean? Oh, nah, I don't know. So I'm just praying a little bit more, just chilling out, going, okay, is this good, God? Is this the right thing uh, for me? And I was like, Sean, believe me. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll ring him off. I'll go back over to the, I'll go back over and just have another look at these things and have a bit of a think about it. So I walk back into Noel Leemings and I walk up to the counter and um, I'm about to talk to the guys. And out of the corner of my eye, I like see this shady looking guy talking with a, with a staff uh, member. And I'm like, is that Sean, believe me? <laughs> He's not shady, although, no. Uh, and he's like talking, I'm like, hey, handsome. I actually said that. I don't know why, but I did. Um, <laughs> I think I was just excited. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was just like, I was just thinking about ringing you to see if I should, you know, what your thoughts were. Like, I felt like God was saying your name to me. And, and so I was just like, wow, God... This is you speaking right now. You know, this is one of those things where you're like, hey, wake up and smell the roses. God, uh, Glenn, you've been set up here. You know, this is a God moment. Um, and so I was like, what do you reckon, Sean? He's like, do it. <laughs> you know, and so I, yeah, we bought the IMAX and now we've got IMAX. Woo! And um, that's very exciting. And, and I tell you that story because God is with us in those moments. You know, those moments where we're, like I said, uh, life-defining moments, he's with us, but the small things as well. 
He is with us in our decisions. He wants to lead us strategically in our lives. He actually has a strategic unfolding plan around your life, and he is speaking over your life right now. He is talking to you. He has got a purpose for your life. He wants to be in the decisions. It says, you know, in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Not on your own understanding. Not. Not. Nuh-uh. In all your ways acknowledge him. In all. All of our ways. Our marriages, our children, our family, what we watch on TV, you know, what we listen to, the conversation. In all our ways acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. See, he has a straight path for your life. He has a narrow path. He has specifically custom built your life according to his will and purposes, not to control you, but to set you up for success in your life. In James 1, 5, I've got a scripture for this as well. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously uh, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If any of you lacks wisdom, anyone, anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God. I think probably um, just about anything intelligent that I've ever done was probably because I had Jesus in my ear. You know, I don't, I'm not the smartest cookie in the shed. See, I can't even say that saying right. (laughs) I don't know if that's not in my notes. He desires to give us wisdom. Come on. The secrets, it's the tool in the shed, right? Tool. Yeah, that's the right word. Uh, The secrets of his heart. He desires to give us wisdom. If anyone lacks it, he desires to give it. He wants to share his wisdom with us. You know, he wants to share it with you. He wants you to know it. He wants you to live in it and know his wisdom, to know his voice. He wants to make us he wants to make us look good so that, you know, people that we went to school with go, how the heck did you pull that off? That's way above your IQ level. <laughs> like, that's, that's what he does. He, he is supernaturally awesome in our lives, and he has got supernatural wisdom for us to, to take a hold of and live with. He desires to give you wisdom when you're feeling silly and you're feeling like you don't have the answer. When you feel like you're at a dead end, don't give up. Don't give up. Push into his wisdom and also talk with others. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, the wise add to their wisdom. The wise consult with their wise, sorry, and add to their understanding. The wise consult with the wise. The wise don't stay as an island. The wise consult with others and talk about you know, the, the, the issues of life. So God wants to give wisdom. He can give it through people. He can give it through his word, a divine revelation, a picture in your mind, just a small, still voice, the Sean Bellamy rolling over and over. And, there, and they're the clues. They're like, God, is there something on this? What are you saying? What are you doing? He wants to give us wisdom. Um, just want to share another story. Uh, Tristan had a word for Jared about a year and a half ago, um, and this happened uh, upstairs at church. The, the 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 
the children's team were praying for the children, and, and um, Jared said to Tristan, hey, you should pray for me. So Tristan put his hands on her, and he said, I thank, uh, I thank you, Jesus, that Jared will shift house once he's had a baby. And um, Jared was like, what? And this is, a, this is a year and a half ago. And so Jared immediately asked him, so Tristan would have been uh, six, I think, or maybe just seven, um, Jared immediately asked him, why'd you pray that? Um, as Jared was unsure that they were going to have any more kids, and he hadn't been talking about children or anything, and Tristan said, I saw you in worship, and God said that you're going to shift house once he had another baby. I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool, eh? So Jared went home and told uh, Rowena, and Rowena said, yes, we're going to have a house, and Jared said, yes, we're going to have another baby. Uh, <laughs> And so just this last Wednesday, uh, Jared and Rowena's finance was approved for their first home. Isn't that exciting? So you can congratulate them after the service. And if you haven't noticed, Rowena is with child. And she is about to have a baby. Yeah, that's, that could be next week. So, you know, that's cool, eh? That's really cool. In Romans 8, 14, uh, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, the Spirit wants to lead you. And I just, I'm camping around that God is with you today. He is with you. This is a simple word, but He is with you. He is with you. You are a son or a daughter of God. And because of that, you are led by Him. He leads His sons and His daughters. He doesn't let you do life by your own. He will let you if you allow Him, but He wants to be included in your life. You're designed, custom-built to have them included in your world. And so, come on, let's be a church who stir in that truth. Let's stir it into all our decisions. Let's stir in that He is with me, He is with me, He is with me, and He is good. He is good. He wants to heal me. He wants to get me out of debt. He is good. He has got a good plan and a good purpose for your life. We were praying for um, a couple the other night, and um, uh, I had a picture of an incomplete bridge as I was praying for it, and, um, and I just saw that, um, that God was building a bridge in her life, that, you know, He's built a bridge to us, that we're, we're saved, and we are, you know, we're as kids, and there's a flow between heaven and earth around our lives, but He's building things continually in our lives. He is bringing greater levels of healing in our lives. He's bringing greater levels of understanding of it. He's bringing greater levels of trust, of hope, of joy, and of freedom. Do you know that we're all a work in progress, and that is okay? That is totally cool. You don't have to have it all together. And I just, like Deb and I talked about this afterwards, and, and we know, being the, the pastors, we know what's going on in a lot of lives in church. Not everyone, but we know that God is actually doing a lot of work in lives at the moment. And there's, there has stuff that's been coming to the surface, and we've been praying and talking and supporting people. And that is okay. That is a part of, uh, of God being in our lives, is that He doesn't just leave us as is, wear us. He, he takes us as is, wear us, you know, like the car that's just like, whoa, that needs, you know, no one's going to take that. Jesus will take that, but He doesn't leave us, you know, without a warrant of fitness and bald tires and all that. Um, he, he takes us. And he puts us in process. 
And so when you're under construction in your life, sometimes it can hurt. Sometimes you can feel like, I don't feel stable. I feel uneasy. I, I'm unsure of my future. I'm unsure of what God's doing in my life. I, 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 I'm not, I don't know. And see, God's working trust in our hearts in those times. God's working healing in our hearts in those times. And so if you're here today and you f- you're really feeling a bit raw and like, man, what is God doing in my heart? I just want you to encourage you to embrace this moment. And it is a good moment. And don't do it alone. You know, have your friends, have your leaders, have your pastors, have your supporters, counselors. You know, uh, like I think all of it. Well, no, I'll say this for myself is that I've, um, you know, I've been to Richard Black on the odd occasion in the last kind of four years and gone, man, I just need some help with the way I'm thinking. He, Richard Black is our, our church, well, one of our church counselors that we refer to and, and, and for, for people who are just like, you know, struggling with stuff. Or just need a greater revelation about something. He's a fantastic counselor, and so we will go to the, um, we'll go to him like Debbie or I. We'll go and say, "Hey, help me process this. Help me process this." And so we need people to help us process through life. But God is with us in that process, and that's what I just wanted to to share um, with you out of that. Um, Lynn had a picture. I think it was last Friday night that you shared um, this week at staff. And um, it was that God is taking people to heaven and then people having heaven's view. People's having heaven's view. So God's taking us to heaven, like us up. I don't know if it's so much up, but just into another dimension so that we can look at our life through his eyes. And we have his point of view on situations that we've only had our own point of view on and it's felt overwhelming. But today, if you're in that situation, God wants to actually give you his viewpoint, his point of view on your situation. And so um, love to, like, I tell you what, we're, we're, as pastors, we are actually given a grace to be able to help people see heaven's point of view. I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know how that works. But pastors and leaders, well, actually, anyone can do this. But being the shepherds of the house, we want to support you if you're feeling like you're at a dead end. You know, we do. That's what we want to. We want to see people in victory or in their lives. So, really, we want to stand with you and, and see that you can have heaven's point of view. <laughs> we want to pray with you. We want to spend time with you. We want to help you and support you. And a part of supporting you is doing church on Sunday. A part of that is having, a, say, the altar call open at the end, and we're, or or during worship, you come up the front and you go, "Give me heaven's point of view," and we pray with you and release God's point of view over your life. He has got a great point of view for you. Um, last week, uh, we he, um, Ian talked a lot about revival, didn't he? Um, and this just uh, came from a conversation that I had with him, and I just talked about how, gee, you know, what would that look like? And, and revival, like I said last weekend, it sounds like a messy word. It's like, whoa, craziness. You know, strange things happening. And... and um, but God, the, the essence of revival is taking something that was dead or broken or just, you know, not working, and it's revived. Life is brought back. Life is released, and the full intentions that God had for whatever was dead are realized in that person or in that situation. 
That is what I believe revival means. And so if we, if because we, I think we're in revival. I think there are people actually right now who are getting God's perspective on their life, who are growing up in God, who are being revived into his purposes and intentions for their lives, grabbing heaven's point of view. I want to share this testimony with you of, uh, for a, a couple that we're doing um, a marriage enrichment course with. And um, particularly uh, for the guy, it's been amazing. You know, it's, it's a privilege to stand with someone um, over a couple of months and see uh, like the, the, the life shift, you know, life come in. Um, I said when he turned up um, on Wednesday, whenever it was, you look like you've um, you've got younger by five years over just freedom around his life. Let me share you his story or part of his story. My granddad died around 1987 by hanging himself. This was after my grandmother bought him a new set of golf clubs. For him, this gift was the tipping point of a problem that he had had with money uh, spending and the stress that it had caused in his life. So he killed himself because he was just, he couldn't cope with this gift. He thought it was, that was the end of their finances. Over the last 26 years, his death has run an effect on, uh, effect that has caused continual problems in the lives of his family and over the generations. My father taught us to be very good with money. And although he is a very good businessman, he still has always stressed about expenditure and it has been something that I think scared him because of what of not having money, uh, because of what not having money could lead to. My two uncles and auntie have all suffered mentally and physically from the loss of Granddad, and it has um, always been a very deep vein in the family, causing hatred and distrust. My nana has been a very cold lady that will only talk about her kids behind their backs or confront them with things from years ago and accuse them of uh, the long-term effect of the offence has had on her life, blaming them for her troubles. I've always had a need to feel financially secure. Since, uh, since being married, um, it has turned into a continual channel of stress that has consumed me and worn me down. We also suffered the loss of an insurance payout on a house that was burnt to the ground. Once again, it's not the fact of, uh, of having no money that's the worst thing, but more than feeling um, more than feeling in my mind that told me of what I could do to myself. Sorry, let me just read, see if I can read that again. But more that feeling in my mind that told me what I could do to myself. You get that? If I, if, uh, I got in the position where I couldn't provide for my family. Ah, uh, yes. Full stop shouldn't be there. Um, over the last couple of months, I have had a chance to work through verbally what has been a t- taboo topic in our wider family for many years. I was able to talk about my granddad's suicide, give over my fears, and receive healing. I could see the links and the baggage I was carrying that was not mine, that should never have been spoken over my life. <clears throat> Through the prayer time we had, I have uh, really felt a shift of this darkness and felt the weight lift. I have released the doubt and I am really putting into effort to talk with God again and ask for the protection from his armor and the chariots of fire to surround me and protect me. This has given me a feeling of relief that I can get through the battle 
that uh, is before me and that my wife and I are going to succeed with being rich in God. And although I must uh, be good with the finances I have, that God can provide for my needs as we need them. It's pretty awesome, eh? Just last night I had a text from him. (laughs) Hey bro, after three prophecies in the last month of a financial blessing coming and all that believing and releasing from heaven that we've been doing, my wife dad rings up and says he understands how hard it has been lately and he wants to help us out financially. So God's good, eh? Ha ha. (laughs) It's cool. That messes with me. Um, I tell you, any life being healed and and transformed is just supernaturally. It just stirs... uh, you know, we just connect with that because we love freedom. I think humanity has got a cry for freedom, a, a, a deep cry for freedom. And that's why we associate that feeling with someone else's freedom. You know, we watch a movie and it's all about freedom and you like, you know, you might have tears and because you, you, you connect with freedom. And so it's been a, a, an amazing wee adventure with these guys because I've just seen transformation happen through through conversation and through prayer and um, heaven's mindset was adopted you know he um, had some deliverance and some truth and set up for success that's what God wants to do with our lives he wants to set us up for success it says in Hebrew uh, No, Acts 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And that word saved, we talk about this as the word sozo. That is saved, sure, that is spiritually saved. We have a position in heaven. We're not separated from Jesus for eternity. We are saved. But we are saved physically as well. Our body is saved. We're like, we have the power over sickness. (laughs) That's what the word says. Uh, We are saved emotionally as well. He saves us completely. Not just a part of us, but our whole lives he wants to redeem and revive and restore. Um, This morning, I just want to spend a little, like the last 10 minutes, just declaring some stuff together as a family. Um... I feel like we need to release hope into some situations over our lives, but also over our community, over our town, over this region. Um, Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And see, God has got a dream for this region, hasn't he? He's got a dream for families, for businesses, for high schools, for you know, for all the industry around and the and the communities around. He has got a dream for this that could become a tree of life um, in our region. Um, Connor said this this week: "We're not just America's poor cousin." <laughs> I was like, you know, you know, New Zealand. We're not just on the back end of the world. We're not Australia's poor cousin either. We're not Europe's poor cousin. We are on the we're on the front foot of what God's doing on this planet. Rangiora, 
We're not just like a small rural town in Canterbury that's just tucked away and that's where you go to retire or have families. We're here to bring breakthrough. We are here to see the kingdom of God being established in our lives. And that is exciting. That is truly, truly exciting. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to hearing your stories. Because our life, is a, it's an unfolding story. And you stand right now on, a, on the beginning of a new chapter maybe. And you're like, what, what's my chapter going to be looking like? What, what does my story look like? And today, I want to encourage you and remind you that God is with you in your story that he is with you, that there is no other name by which you can be saved but through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And it really is all about him being enmeshed in our world. He is awesome. He's begun a good work in you, and he is faithful. He will be faithful to complete it.